Yeah. What's up, losers, and welcome back to another episode of the Popular Loser Podcast, where it's okay not to fit in. I'm your host, KD, and uh, I got a, a new homie with me today. I'm going to let him introduce yourself. Nice to meet everybody. I'm Travis Hicks from Fox 47 News in Lansing, Michigan. I'm a news anchor and sports reporter as well, so I'm happy to be here with my uh, bro, Kadarius. I love what you've been doing, man. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, man. So uh, kind of just tell us the journey that you're on right now being an anchor that's uh we're very similar in that sense we're going on this and basically the same type of stuff so kind of just talk to you talk to me about your journey and how you ended up now as a news anchor i appreciate you man it's been a long time coming so a lot of people don't know i did graduate from fair state in 2022 where i got my bachelor's in sports communication but before that i was at rochester college i actually got kicked out of college a lot of people didn't know I got kicked out of bad grades, going out too much, like trying to party, you know, just trying to enjoy like the college life. And it was crazy because I was a Christian school. So like when that happened, I was like, I went to a Kirby's Coney Island. I was kind of like lost at one point. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I had a passion for like sports and just like content creating, but I didn't know what to do. And my grandfather, who sadly had passed in 2019, his dream was to always see me on TV. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe I should go, you know, back. And he was like, you know, telling me to. So I ended up doing uh, OCC for a minute. Then after that, I got my grades back up, went to Ferris State. He sadly did die in my first semester in 2019 there, but I kept my promise. I told him I would get to TV. I would graduate first, then get to TV. So I use him as like a lot of my motivation. So I use my love for sports and being able to use it in journalism. So after that, uh, man, I went to school, started reporting for Fair State, covered the first national title in football history at the time, multiple GLIAC championships. That was awesome. The Fox gave me the opportunity as a producer, and that ended up becoming a full-time sports and like a news reporter role. So I love covering sports and news. And now you're with uh, Fox 47. Uh, I know, you know, we've talked in private about yeah. this, so you're not explaining it to me. You explain hey, it to the Yeah, people. yeah. But, uh, you know... Talk about how hard that job search was because I, I kind of want to add into it like after you. But, you know, just tell us how hard the job search was being a fresh out of college kid with not a lot of experience because, you know, they say experience, but you need what to get experience, you know, a job. No, man, you're completely right. One thing I would say to anybody watching that really wants to pursue like what me and you are doing, you have to get experience and like just be proactive. You got to like grind you got to be competitive I always use like the mama mentality because Kobe was like my favorite player because bro my senior year I applied to 700 jobs this is no exaggeration 700 oh like reporter base role yeah. type stuff like that and like sports jobs in general I uh, a lot of people don't know I w applied for Bally Sports a social media coordinator role it was a thousand applicants I finished in the top 15 got let go so I was like I was like man I told my mom this was February of 2022 I ended up getting an opportunity with Blue Cross Blue Shield. A lot of people didn't know I was going to end up working there. I just told her, you know, I might leave broadcasting alone because like, it was just so hard. And mom was like, I did not waste six years of you being in college to not find something in your field. So I ended up connecting with Carolyn Clifford. Shout out to her. She's a main anchor at Channel 7, the queen of a Channel 7. She's been a huge help. Met her at a country club. I was working at Pine Lake in West Bloomfield. And she took me under her wing. She helped me. She made the call to Fox for me and uh, got me connected there. And was able to give me a producer role. Then from there, when she got me um, the job, I was able to like create my own lane and get on air, show them I could produce first, then uh, work my way to being a reporter. And to kind of tap into the same thing, I got a, a homie that was feeling like how you said you was feeling like you was like, I'm going to just say cut it and just you know live a regular life. And I, I be kind of telling my homie because I just got this job. I'm not even... In the state that I'm about to be in the job for, you know what I'm saying? But it is a, it's a whole process to it. And, you know, I didn't even take getting a job serious for a while, to be honest with you, after I did graduate, because I was just like, you got to have a whole lot of cheese to move, this, that, and the right. third, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And one day I was talking to my uncle, man. And uh, I was just telling him, like, you know, I, I think I want to move out of Michigan because, you know, I don't know, I just, I've been here for forever. It just don't feel like this is something, you know? I'm just right. over it. And uh, he was like, just do it. He was like, you don't got no kids. You don't got like no, nothing to tie you down here. Like, just do it. And when he told me that, you know, at, at first I really wasn't like listening to him at the same time, but I was. And then I applied for a job. Literally, man, I probably called this job, no exaggeration, probably like 40 times in like mm. five days. 
And I was just like making sure because I'm like, bro, this is the perfect opportunity. And it's like the area it was in and the role it was and just all of that. I was just like, this is the perfect place for me. This is what I got to do. And I called this place by 40 times over a five-day stretch. And I know the lady, the, the receptionist, she had to been like, all right, I'm tired of him. <laughs> so she probably had to tell like the editor, like, listen, he calling too much. Come on, just please, please give him a call back because he's doing too much. And that's kind of like what I wanted because at the end of the day, you got to make yourself, you know, available to them in some type of way. And you got to show them that you're hungry. And it's a lot of people out here doing that. So the fact that I was, he told me he was interviewing like 20 people for this job. So I was one out of 20, just like how you said you was one out of a thousand. Like I was one out of, still one out of 20. That's so lot. That's a lot of odds, you feel me? Like they, they could have, it was probably people that was a little more qualified than me, anything, but they ended up choosing me and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for it because, you know, this is about to really kind of put me like in that first step of being in the journalism field and seeing like what it is on a day-to-day basis because it's such a difference when you're just doing it, like how, how I was doing stuff for state champs, like you go when you need it. It's a very big difference, even the stuff at like Fair State. Like you do stuff when you need it to do stuff. When it's your job and you doing it every single day and you got to get to know all of these contacts and you got to get story ideas, this, that, that there is such a difference between that and doing what you do like at your school or something like that. So I'm so excited to start this job, bro. Like, I feel like this is like the biggest step in my life as a young 24-year-old. This is probably the biggest step that I'm going to take ever in my life so far. I'm happy for you. You deserve it. Like, I remember a lot of people don't know the backstory. I remember you hit me on LinkedIn and we just connected. You know, it became like a, at first it felt like a mentorship to a friendship to a brotherhood to me. So like, I've been loving watching you rise. Like you always stay consistent. A lot of people say they want to do stuff, but don't actually put in the work to do it. So to me, honest, one of my favorite quotes, Bob Marley, the biggest prison to escape is in your own mind. A lot of people Back. overthink and want to do say, you know, that but it's like, are you actually doing it? Like you went out there and anytime you, you would always ask me questions. So I'm not shocked by your um, success because you deserve this opportunity. One thing in me and you have spoke about this privately, I'm going to say publicly too. Like I want to see more of us like in this field, like it's not a lot of black journalists like on TV, newspaper, radio that aren't a former athlete. A lot of the guys we see and nothing wrong with being a former athlete on TV, but you know, we don't see a lot of them with the journalism background. So I'm, I think it's I'm going to cut you off. Oh, right. Go ahead. No, you're no, good. No, no, no. Screw all that. Kendrick Perkins <laughs> came out of high school, I believe. Am I wrong? He, he came did out come out of high, high school. school. He yeah. came out of high school. You telling me he went to school for a journalism degree? No, he didn't. You feel me? I'm not like, that's cool that Kendrick got the job he got. I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying, you expect me to have a four-year degree and five years of experience at 25 years old. But he didn't even go to college. He didn't even go to college. What is we saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe he finished college when he was in the NBA. Maybe. If, if he did, I'm wrong. That's cool. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But if he didn't, why? Just because he was an NBA player? And that's another thing. It's just like when you're an NBA player, it just seems like you could, it's easy to get on like air. We see like J.J. Reddick, even though I do like J.J. Reddick. Yeah, love Richard, Jeff- love Richard Jefferson, like all these guys. It makes it, you know, harder like for us. And no, I agree. I do think some like the stipulations of uh, you got to do this and all the experience. But it's like, how can I get experience without the opportunity? I need somebody to show me one thing, even though this probably won't change. I would love to see changes internships should be paid because at the same time as a college student even though we're not like right now if I was a college student trying to get in the field it's like I'm trying to pay tuition but still get experience so it's like you know I'm trying to help my family and everybody's dynamic is different some people that have like you know you know some people come from poverty some you know have the money so it's harder to get in so like for us that's why like, I was so eager like to help and like want to that's like my main thing I always tell people when people say like what's your dream job obviously ESPN all that but I want to help the next person like I've, I've uh, obviously me and you have connected one of my boys uh, Blake McCreary shout out to him he just started an internship with the Leprechauns I got him my old position it's about helping each other because we all rise together so for me I just want to see more people eat like so when people ask me about like what do you want like your biggest takeaway of your career to be? I want to help the next person. So whenever I walk away from TV, the next person will be able to fill in and do better than me. And one big thing you said was uh, talking about having a lot of, and, and at that young yeah. black journalists, 
Because it's a difference, like, you know, certain people can get a journalist job and, and you know, just stay in their job forever. And now I'm not hating on them whatsoever. If you're great at your job, you're great at your job, 100%. But, like, a lot of young black journalists, like, outside of, like you said, a lot of NBA players, WNBA players, NFL, MLB, you know, what, what whatever league they played in, whatever professional league, those are the people you really see the most. Like, if you think about the whole first take, they was all former players. Yeah. Michael Irvin was a former football player. Um, Jay Williams, former Duke basketball player. They all, all every single person that's on there now was a former player. Besides Stephen A. Like, that's, Besides that's, Stephen you know, A. And he was about to play college basketball. He so did. I think he was, uh, he got hurt his first yeah. year in college. Yeah, D2, you're right. Um, but it's just like, to look at that, that's, that's probably one of the biggest sport TV shows on TV, period. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And almost every single person that's on the show is a former player. So it, it just to show like how different it's become. Like when it was when ESPN first started, it wasn't only athletes. It was a lot of journalists, people yeah. that did, didn't even play Perhaps. a sport. And now like you look at almost the whole ESPN and then now like the birth of podcasts and all that other stuff, like all the players is able to reach out to the public and which is that's a cool thing, but at the same time, I feel like they got to hold them to the same standard. Like, I understand that they played the sport. I definitely understand. You'll never understand basketball at the highest level like how they do. That's yeah, 100%. That's I agree with that. But at the same time, we got to create, like, some type of standard still. Because if you telling a 23-year-old that just came out of MSU or wherever you went to school at that you got to be this, this, and this, but all of this player had to do was just go play basketball. It's crazy to know everything you said is right. And one thing, like one of my mentors, Rob Parker, who's at FS1, the couple, Chris Broussard. That's a he, name drop for y'all. Oh yeah. Rob Parker. My boy. He's been great. You know, to me, he got me involved with the NABJ. He's been there day one. And he was telling me how different it is now. Like Rob started in print. He was the first black uh, columnist at the Detroit Free Press in 1986. So he didn't get to TV, I want to say, till like the 2000s. And like me. Think about how long that is. You know what I'm saying? Like. He was like writing for a long time. Then he got to television. Like for me, I just got to television right out of college. So it's it's a difference now because like you just made a good point with this podcast. Other people that do different things, Pat McAfee, other people. Pat it's McAfee like, is a you know, great example. Because it's like now you you don't have to necessarily go the um always like the print or like the rate. You know, you could just do your own podcast and get a lot of views. And like that way you can make your own money. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like you're not working for nobody. You know, they're working for you because you got your own setup. And that's really... Like the best feeling because for me personally, I kind of want to get back into podcasting. Like as much as I love TV, I would like to do both. Yeah, doing podcasting is cool. Uh, <laughs> no, it's nice fun. I, I love man when I when I come here, I feel like Showtime. Yeah, at Cameron, I feel like that. Is that how you feel when you go do these stories? Yeah, when you get on camera, you just like Showtime. Dude, that's a great question, KD. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like at home. Like, at first, I'll be honest, my first time on TV, I was nervous. Like, you feel like the butterflies, like your first football, basketball game. But after you do it, like, every day, it feels, like, amazing. And there's some days that feel different from others, you know. However, But one thing I always try to do with every story, I try to give the same excitement as I do a football, basketball, baseball story if I do curling. Or, like, yesterday I did a story for um, a crosswalk fundraiser to help like teens uh with school, um like with purchasing stuff. I try to treat everybody the same way in the community, like has really shown me a lot of love. So to answer your question, I love it. Like that's been like I, I would say God's gift for me is just like speaking. I love TV. I would say it's kind of like a thrill, even though I haven't been on TV per se. I've been on State Champs like YouTube and State Champs yeah. YouTube creates a lot of traction. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it, it's it's a thrill in itself early, even when I was doing like the broadcasting. Like that was a thrill. Doing it every Friday night. Like I'm going to be honest with you. At the time, bro, I was low-key to, I don't say depressed because I don't like using that word. But <clears throat> I was working at this Walmart job, man. And I just hated the Walmart job. But you know, you got to have money. That's just what it is. That's what this life is. Yeah. And on those Friday nights, everything was just... It just clicked. You feel me? <laughs> like, any time I would go to these games, like, it was showtime. Like, that was that was probably the most fun of the week I ever had. And because all of them other days was hating it. It's not rocking with it at all. 
I completely know what you mean, bro. I was literally, when I told you I was out of college, I was at a Kirby's Coney Island. Granted, I love Kirby's, the people I worked with. My manager gave me an opportunity, but I wanted to do, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we talk about podcasting, sports, whatever, it doesn't feel like work. Even though you're making, don't. you don't. know, you, like my grandfather always told me, if you find a career you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And that really is true because, like, for me, I wake up and I enjoy every single day I, I do. It's not hard labor. Like, some people will say, like, you know, journalism's a hard business sport. You know, some people don't last. You know, you say one thing that leaves, but it's like, as you know, you work a regular job. Like, I used to clean bathrooms at OHOP. So I know what hard, the men's and women's. So, like, people can't tell me, like, you know, what you do now is, like, really hard. And I'm not trying to, saying it's a hard, you know, it's not a hard job because it is, but it's fun. Like, you get to talk to people every day. We get to content create. And this stuff airs on TV. The best part is when someone tells me, like, hey, my mom and dad just watched my little brother. Thank you for the shout out. Like, that's the, for me, like, that's the best feeling. So, like, you know, we just got to keep grinding. Yeah, and that's kind of what they told me was like coming about down there. So since I'm going to be covering prep sports mostly, like I'm going to really get a chance to make, you know, my own, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like your own like lane? or Yeah, like not not exactly my own lane, but like I'm going to be able to be like a person in the community. If you get what I'm saying, like yeah. the Southern is it covers like a certain area. That's so it's right. like everybody knows that paper type thing. So I'm going to be able to kind of really relate to the local personal spot of it. You know, just like in Lansing, y'all don't cover a lot of Detroit sports, I'm assuming, right? No, I've done some Lions coverage in studio before. I've done like, we've done like Michigan, but it's mainly like a mid-Michigan thing. So like kind of like our area. So I'll cover a lot of Lansing, Charlotte, different cities out there. What's your favorite sport to cover? Oh, basketball. Basketball is my favorite. Like, I'll be honest, it was a dream come true to interview Izzo. The times I've got to in the media room with other reporters, like, basketball's always been fun. Now, next year, we're going to be legit. I'm telling you, we got Tyson back, AJ, Michigan State. We're going to be, uh, I think they're going to make a run for a natty next year. Now that we're talking about basketball, we're going to just go right into what's been happening in the playoffs. Yes, sir. I, what, you, what you feel like this series is about to be right now? I'll be honest, a lot of my friends say I'm a troll, but uh, I think Nuggets and five. I do think Jimmy Buckets is going to get one. I respect what he did against Boston, because I'll be honest, I wanted I wanted to see history, everybody. I wanted Boston to come be the first team to come back from 3-0. I wanted that, but shout out to Jimmy in Miami. But the reason why I think Denver is going to win, Nikola Jokic has proven to be the best basketball player in the playoffs, and to me, he'll solidify himself as the best basketball player in the world if they win the championship because you sweep LeBron AD, you uh, beat Devin Booker, who was having an awesome playoffs up until that time. KD, like Nikola Jokic, this this is reminiscent of the 2011 Dirk run to me. So I think I got Nuggets in five, and I think they win tonight too. Um, I'm going to go the same as you, Nuggets in five. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I was I was saying the Warriors was going to go pretty far. Yeah, that's first. my team. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'm a Jeremiah Green fan. So I wanted to see them go far, right? But once they lost, I was like, yeah, ain't nobody beating that Serbian guy. No, 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 no. And I was I was saying that early too. I was saying, like, I think I'm not saying he's the best player, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody got their own opinion. It is what it is. Yeah. He is the best player, or he is the player that's gonna affect his team the most. That's the thing about it. Because he's doing everything. They run the, like no other team. I'm not going to say no other team. That's false. But almost no other team runs their offense like how he is ran through the He is getting pick and rolls as a center from a point guard. That's crazy. It is. Like, and the thing is, everybody's been talking about his start, which he's been playing amazing. We're also forgetting Jamal Murray averaged 32 in the conference finals, and he's been going crazy too. Like, I think he's been averaging 30 over the uh, playoffs almost. Yeah, he's 28, been, something like that. He's been a demon, bro. Like, Jamal really got it. And you know what's so funny? I was watching him on all the Smoke podcasts the other day with uh, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, and he talked about his way NBA. He missed his first 17 shots in the league, and he thought he was I not— I did see that clip. He said he didn't think he was going to be in. And now just to see how he rose, I'm like, I think the Nuggets, and it's unique too, because people keep saying it's a boring finals, whatever, whatever, but we've never seen Nuggets and Heat. Like, we see the same teams every year. Like, last year, I was happy to see Steph get that first finals MVP. But this year, you know, Nikola Jokic could get the first finals MVP. Jimmy Butler, if, if the Heat come back, he could get, like, this is something new. You know what I mean? 
And uh, I think like the la- out of the last like 15 years, it's been the same like four teams. Yeah, dude. For It was a stat up until, I want to say 2019. It was like LeBron, Kobe, and Tim Duncan were in every finals since 1999, from like 99 to like 18, I think, or close to like something like that. Yeah, and I think uh, the in the 2010s, it was uh, LeBron, yep. Kawhi, and uh, who else? And Steph. Yeah. That was like the three main people that was in all of them outside of the one that the Bucks won. Yep. And um, I'm trying to think of another team. It's another one. I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, so I, I do agree with you. It's, it's fun to see two different teams. And it's fun to see a team that's led by the player is led by. He's yeah. so selfless. He's oh, yeah. like, he's, his game is incredible. Yeah, like, there's just, a, just how smart he is. Like, I seen this play, like he threw a floater up and I feel like he knew he was going to miss it. Because he seen that it was uh, somebody wide open out there. And then he just tapped it out. And then he hit a three. And I was just like, that was so smart. <laughs> like, you knew you was going to miss it. And you just tapped it right. Like, he, his IQ is incredible. Oh, yeah, he has one of the smartest minds I think we've seen, like, lately. Honestly, maybe. Probably ever. Like, <laughs> I was just about to say damn near ever. Because, like, he really, I don't want to start no controversy, but I'm going to say he really should, he should have won the MVP. Now, Joel Embiid, I get it, you know, to me it was a little bit of sympathy. But Jokic's numbers this year were better than like last year. People feel like that. You know too. what I'm saying? And I get it because Jordan never won three in a row, Kobe, LeBron, so they didn't just want Jokic. But to me, that's like BS. I think Jokic deserved it because if you look at the numbers and what he's done, through the West, and I'll be honest, I was somebody, I didn't think the Nuggets were going to win the West. I'll be honest, at the beginning of the postseason. I didn't either. I, I kept, ain't gonna lie. I kept saying the Warriors were going to repeat, maybe the Lakers, the Suns. I kept saying it was anybody but Nuggets. I can admit on this podcast, I was wrong. I didn't think the Suns was go- going. You didn't think so? Uh, Even if CP3 was healthy, no? Because he was hurting oh, that Nuggets I series. I just, I don't, I didn't, I don't know what it was about them. I just, I'm going to tell you, A.N., they're going to have a decision. I ain't yeah. going to lie. Because he... Might be time. There's no way <laughs> that the backup center was playing harder than you. Bro, yes. And he was. I don't know. I forget his name. Joe. Joe. Uh, I think it's uh, his last name started with an L. I can't yeah. remember what his name is. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, him was playing way harder than De- DeAndre Aiden. He was making it a little harder on Jokic. I'm not... Obviously, you can't stop Jokic. Yeah. Especially not in today's NBA where... You going to the foul line at least yeah. twelve times a game if you if you getting hit a lot and you attacking the basket. So it's no way to stop him. But he was making it harder. He was meeting him earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't gonna lie. Like Aiden was just like he was kind of letting himself get bullied. He wasn't on the boards as much. Like he just I don't like I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but in that series, he was like a non-factor. And that was a he was was he a number one pick or like he a number was. two pick? He was back in, I want to say, like 2017 or 18, one of those two drafts. And it's it's so crazy to see him go from like a number one pick to like, bro, you're not even playing like defense right. And the thing is with him, he to me, he just plays so soft. Like he does. Jokic gave him 53 and 11 in one game. Now I get it. Jokic is probably the, obviously the best yeah. center in the league, but Aiden, like he's been getting eight up a lot. Even we we're talking about the 21 finals where you said the Bucks beat them. Giannis gave him a 50 burger in the last game in game six. So it's like, Aiden to me is a liability. They're doing all they can to trade him. I would have been honest. I would have. This might be a hot take. I would have rather let him go in the KD trade and kept Mikel Bridges because Mikel Bridges. You saw what he did in Brooklyn. Obviously, Brooklyn's no championship team, but Mikel is somebody that could be a six man on the championship team. If they would have kept him, I would. I know it would have been small ball, but yeah. Well, I mean, I think he still could have started because uh, they could have started him at um, KD. They could have started KD at the four. Whoever they was going to start at their center. And then have Mikael still on the floor. See, I'm going to tell you the reason I think they shouldn't have traded Mikael. Now, obviously, you get Kevin Durant. Yeah. That's, so, you know, that's you know, that's... Yeah. It's, but I think it was an equal trade. I think what they did, um, and everything the Nets got back, and the Nets, listen, Nets, y'all, <laughs> y'all had the team with D'Angelo Russell in them. Y'all had it. And y'all let it go. To go back through another rebuild and then now have the team y'all got now. 
and no championships won since that time. You feel me? <laughs> All of those players y'all traded, getting getting the big three with, with Kyrie, James Harden, and KD. No championships. Man. Keep the team together. I got, oh, yeah, free Cam Thomas. I agree. I got a question for you. Do you think in that net situation – is Kyrie all the way to blame because of the anti-Semitic thing and him just not playing games due to personal reasons at times being, you know, out with family and friends. They even showed pictures of him partying. Do you think he was the reason for them not winning? Yeah, I feel like he was a big piece of it. And the reason I would say he was a big piece of it was because I think, I don't know how much truth is it is to it because, you know, when they report stuff on ESPN, that does not mean it's the complete truth. That's true. So, I know they said that he had took some games, right? And he just didn't come. He didn't tell nobody, all this other stuff. If you're doing stuff like that, if you just imagine that at your job, the job you work at right now, yeah. if you don't show up to your job three days in a row, do you think you're still going to work for that company? Probably not, especially if you don't tell them why. No, I would definitely get looked. Especially, you know, media, that's cutthroat. So I don't think you, you're going to work for that company anymore. You could be replaced. You feel me? <laughs> it's a thousand million, trillion billion other reporters that's trying to get the same opportunity as you. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And I don't know if it was actually true the way that they said it. Like, he didn't tell nobody. He just disappeared. But if he doing stuff like that, yeah, it, it is him to blame. But this is what I said when he didn't want to take the shot. That was perfectly fine. Don't make him take the shot. I 100% I agree with that. But if he's not willing to take the shot and he has to miss those games, trade him. Yeah. They should have been trading him. If that was the case, if he wasn't going to play... That's okay. That is his personal opinion that he does not want to take that shot. That is completely 100% okay. But if he's not going to do it, trade him. What's the point of keeping him? Personally, I would have let Kyrie go and kept the dynamic duo of Harden and KD. I really like the way how they were feeding with each other. Well, didn't KD get hurt too, though? KD did get hurt. Yeah, I think he hurt his uh, foot, maybe. He did. Cause him and but him and Harden have had a close bond since OKC. And I'll say this right now. Don't be surprised if James Harden goes to the Phoenix Suns because I don't think he's going to stay in Philly because he knows I deep they down. they can afford that, my boy. I, I would make... Listen, it's Book, KD, and Chris Pauls, and... I would let Aiden walk or get... Oh, I would trade CP3. Three. I mean... You could trade CP3 and have Harden be your point. Because think about CP3 is going to be 30. I mean, like 80. a trade and sign? Like a sign and trade? If I'm Phoenix, I would try to get... I think Harden, Book, and KD could be a championship. I'm not going to say will be because, you know, the super teams haven't been working out as much as we've seen. But I'll say could be because Harden's committed, KD is in Book. The thing is with... The reason why it didn't work in Brooklyn to me, you never knew with Kyrie if he wasn't going to play different things. I'm not even saying every time Kyrie sat out, he was wrong. Because, like, sometimes where he spoke up about the BLM and all that, I really respected that because I do believe that needs to be addressed, social injustice. But, um... Sometimes like he just wasn't all the way there basketball wise. So, but I think I wouldn't. I would go for Harden because you got to think we're constructed as the Suns are right now. That's no championship. That's just my opinion. I just know all all four of them is under contract for another year. That's true. They are. Uh, so, getting Harden is going to be a very hard task to do, and it just depends on if he's an unrestricted or restricted free agent. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going. To there just, yep. just because of the money It ain't gonna work out With the money Do you see him going anywhere Or do you think He's just back in Philly My question is Where do you go though I feel like Phoenix would be a good fit Outside of Phoenix Because you do make A good point About the contracts Maybe Honestly I, I just don't know Where maybe he would fit A lot of people Keep saying he's gonna Go back to Houston I don't know if it's really About the strip club thing Is real or not But if he goes back to Houston Or really does That, that just shows me He's not committed to winning He just wants to be back In the city again But um, a lot of people Have been reporting that So And I got something To actually say about that Because us as fans I feel like We look at NBA players Or NFL Or whatever league You look at Yeah And you think everybody's Supposed to want to win You gotta think Some of these people Don't love the sport for real That's true You gotta think How many people and just the the situation that we want to be in, how many people really love journalism? Like, it's people, you think people that's making 100K a year, you think they make they they completely love journalism? No, there's some people that definitely do it for them. You make a, that's an excellent, excellent point. I love that because a lot of people just do it because they're gifted. They're like, okay, I, and a lot of players like that in the NBA, all sports, NFL, when they make it, it's like, okay, I can provide for my family. 
I can buy a house. Yeah, I can retire at 35 or even younger. Like I'm, I'm chilling. I don't really care about the rings because people control me or whatever. But I'm still gonna go back home, sleep at a mansion. You so it's like you know what I mean. So like I made 30 million dollars in a year. Like you never made that in your life. One thing I love <laughs> about LeBron when uh. Sadly, they choked against the Mavericks. A lot of people caught. Uh, sadly, they ch- choked. <laughs> he, he did. You know, sadly, because I know a lot of people lost you know, <laughs> bets and stuff. But um, when they lost that series, and a lot of people were trolling him, he was saying the same people that were you know praying on my downfall. You know, wanted me to lose. I'll be honest. I'm a LeBron troll a little bit. I was happy Mavericks won. <laughs> um, he was saying you still gotta live your same life. I'm still gonna live mine. And that's one thing a lot of people don't realize. Like you think these athletes are just so consumed. Like when LeBron loses a game, like he's still like. This man has an amazing life. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing, like, really changes. And to, like, kind of even just tap into that, like, we don't think about they're real people. Yeah, facts. LeBron has kids. He got a wife. Yeah. He got businesses. Everything. We don't think about that. And I feel like Damian Lillard, for a great example, everybody say, like, oh, he's wasting his prime. When he was on the J.J. Reddick podcast, he basically was just like, I, I like my life in Portland. And that's something that none of us think about. Like, we just think, oh, go get a ring. You're yeah. never going to win a ring. What if he loved his life in Portland? What if he want to spend the rest of his life in Portland? That's it's true. close to Oakland. That's where he's from. Like, you know what I'm saying? What if he don't care specifically about winning a ring somewhere else? Like, if it comes to him. That he's in Portland, that's cool. But if it's if he don't win a ring in Portland, what if he don't care? He also, it's so funny you said that. He said that exact same thing to Shannon Sharp because he had signed that extension. A lot of people were like, oh, Dame don't care about winning or whatever. And Dame responded on a tweet to Shannon. He was like, well, I'm just going to be one rich MFer, you know. And Shannon was like, so it's about the money. But it's like, bro, like if you're getting millions of dollars to hoop for two and a half hours a day, every, like you just made a point earlier about, hundreds of people would kill for like maybe a position like mine or like any place in journalism. We would all kill for like, you know what I'm saying? To be able to hoop for two and a half hours and make millions, you could retire in a year. To, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to play that long. So I understand Dame because he might, I still think Dame loves basketball, but he, like yeah, you obviously. said, he might just love Portland. He really, in his mind, he generally might think I can win a championship here, even though it's not realistic in most people's eyes. He really loves being there. And to his point, he probably is the greatest Portland Trailblazer of all time, you know, still. And I think this is another thing we don't think about, right? Say you have a kid, your rookie yeah. year. Yeah. Do you understand how hard it is to just move your kid away from somewhere when he's been going to school in a certain school system in a certain city for 10 years? Yeah, facts. You know, but that's not something that people are thinking about, though. They don't think about the fact that he's a real human. And if he get traded... He might have to leave his family in Portland or, you know, and, and they not thinking about all of the other things of being a parent, being a this, that, 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 you know, what I mean? it's so many other layers to life. Basketball is just a job. And I think a lot of fans don't understand that, that basketball is just their job. The same way, like you go to Walmart. Walmart isn't expecting you to be a Walmart employee while you're at work. I mean, while you're at home, too. You know, like you're gonna live a life. And, yes, you know, you know and, what I'm saying. And everything you say is right, because like, say a lot of people work Monday through Friday, so in most cases you get like the weekends off. Like how you act on Saturday, not saying you're just doing crazy stuff with your friends, but it's like how you act around your friends is gonna be different how you act around your coworkers. Because a lot of cases you might not hang out with your coworkers. Those conversations like are completely different. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with conversations you have with your mom and dad compared to like a brother or sister. So I definitely agree with you because it's like you just want him just to like only just be, you know, ring chasing his entire career. So and Dave's and then, and then to think about that, if you ring chase they say you was just a ring chaser. They say the same thing about Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, you can't win, bro. You can't win. You like can't, it's very few people that can. LeBron James has four MVPs, four championships, and four Finals MVP. That's still not enough. Yeah, and like, and I'll be honest, a lot of people might disagree. I still think I still have MJ as a go. I know you can debate him and LeBron, but. Yeah, no, it still isn't because a lot of people don't. You know what's crazy? You just brought up LeBron. Nobody talks about his Miami rings. They only talk about the Lakers and the 2016 Cavs because LeBron knew 
he had to go back home to win one because like, you know, obviously he made the great three one comeback because a lot of people don't count the super team. Like nobody talks about Kevin Durant rings. And like the thing was, I feel kind of bad for KD because last year when Steph won it, Steph beat the team in the finals. KD got swept by. So Steph won before KD and won after KD. So that that's tough, you know? So when you say like a top five or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What is your main thing? Tough. I would say my top five. No, 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 no. What I mean by that is, is your top thing rings? Like how you judge a player is your top thing rings? Because me personally, I go off MVPs and first team all NBAs more than I go off championships because championships is a team aspect. And if you look at most championship teams, not all, but most championship teams, they're most likely was the most healthiest team in the NBA. Because they won a championship, yeah. more than likely, more than likely. Now, obviously, it's probably some people out there that could be like, oh, look, look, what about this team? Shut up. <laughs> I said more than likely. Right. So what what is your like top thing when you judge players? Personally, championships is very important to me. I just love like the aspect of winning. So if you can win a lot, one thing I respect about Kobe, the main thing every year for him was to try to win a ring. But MVPs, that's extremely important. So I will say this. I wouldn't say like Robert Ory is better than like Charles Barkley. You know what I'm saying? Just because he has more, you know, Charles Barkley didn't win a ring. So I would say MVPs, that's like the main thing. Because it's like, how good are you? How many scoring titles do you have? How many defensive player of the years do you have? How many times did you make all NBA? Like what type of effect do you have on the game? So like to me personally, I look at all that. But the thing I look at most how much does how well does your team play when you're not there? This is why I respect Steph so much. The Warriors, you could even look at the numbers when they had KD. When Steph wasn't on the floor, the Warriors were not the same team. They're like they're not, especially like, in the playoffs. Oh my, you know what God. I'm saying? So like Steph, his presence, his aura, like regardless if he's scoring, run off, the, you know, the ball screens, passing. Like I look at that. That's why I respect LeBron too. Because first year after he left Cleveland, they they went less than 20 games. First year he leaves Miami, they don't even make the playoffs. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, his effect is real, you know? So, that's how I judge the players. Like, how much can you bring to a team? Because, like, that that's what it is for me. Like, one thing for me, and I hate to seem like I'm bashing KD, why I really found out, like, KD's really not him to me, is when the Warriors won without him, all these teams are still being successful without him. It's like, how much impact do you have, like, on your team? You could disagree. Yeah, I kind of disagree. I get where, I get where you're coming from, though. I, I definitely get. I, I, where do you disagree at? Um, well, the Warriors were already a good team. They just came off of 73 and 9. Yeah, they didn't so, need KD. Yeah, they didn't need him, right? I think what they did need, though, was for him to not be on the Thunder. I think that's what they needed. Okay, that's fair. I think they needed him to not be with Russell Westbrook and the rest of that team. The team. I don't I don't think that they exactly needed him. I just they was gonna have to go through KD also. They was just down three one to the Warriors. I mean to the um to the Thunder. Remember when they had beat, I think, yeah, the year before they beat him, right? Yeah. Uh they was up three one. To the Thunder. Yeah, no, they were down three one to the Thunder and yeah, Thunder. And they beat them, and that's when he came over the next year. So I just I feel like I definitely get what you mean. Like the teams don't get you know, better per se, but I don't know. I, I he just also like such a great player that I can't. He agree. is. One thing I do actually got to ask you. A lot of people never think about this. Let's go back in time. Let's say KD doesn't blow the three-one lead on the Thunder versus Warriors. It's KD versus Brown in the finals. Who do you think wins that championship, the Thunder or Cavs that year? That was sixteen, seventeen. No, that was 2015-2016 season. It would have been Russ versus Kyrie, Brown versus KD. I think that would have been a matchup we should have got. I don't know. That's a that's a great question. Um, I don't know who was all on that. Who's all the role players that was on that team? It was Iman Shepard and uh, you had J.R. Smith over there. You had Richard Jefferson. You had um, you know, obviously Kevin Love. Even though he was a part of the big three, he became to a role player. Channing Fry. I don't know, man. That's that's a great question. Then the uh, Thunder. You still got at that time Sir, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Yeah, Serge Ibaka yeah. for real. Like, damn, he was Serge Ibaka. Dion Waiters. A lot of people forget he was getting buckets. They had. Um, Andre Robertson, he wasn't an offensive guy, but he can guard great a lot defense, of people. Great defense. And Steven he Adams. He would have probably guarded, he would have probably guarded, uh, Kayla or, no, I don't know what I'm saying. He would have, they, oh, they oh. might have put him on LeBron for real. Oh, yeah. Then, oh, 
Because KD might have guarded LeBron. I don't know. But you know how they try to keep star players away from other star players. That's true. Because they try to uh, like keep them like non-tired. Because you got to think, if you a person that's guarding Kevin Durant, yeah. and you got to go give your team 25 points, that's, that's a task. Yeah. You got to be very... Like, yo, yo, um, breathing has to be very intact to be able to guard a play, a person like KD and go give maybe KD another 25, like, and him being long and being able to put his hand in your, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you're going to end up in a Della Dova situation. You remember the 2015 finals? He was, he was out of oxygen trying to guard Steph. dying. But he, I, he was harassing Steph. He, he was. He was. Harassing Steph. Because, like, they said, I remember J.R. Smith in that one podcast, he was like, we had to send Delhi to the hospital because he was trying to, you know, guard Steph, like, 90. And the thing is, I don't know what's up with Steph just doesn't get tired. Like, he always, and every, <laughs> no, I swear, no, like, every, Facts. and this is, like, so true. I, I believe everybody watching is going to agree. Every player that's talking about guarding Steph, they say, like, he literally runs for, like, hours. Like, yeah. like I wonder how do you get your uh, stamina to be at that type of peak. I feel like they got to have the best trainers in the world. They got to have the best chefs in the world to like give that certain protein in your body. Cause you got to think bro, like LeBron, for instance, he spends a million dollars on his body. A I wonder how true that it, really is. I, I wonder if that was like just a, even if it's not a million, I believe he spends hundreds of thousands. You know how crazy that is? Yeah, it's crazy. To, like on your, so it's like, and think about it, that's only one million in his contract. His okay. contract like forty million dollars. And even with the endorsements, it's like oh, even more. Get to endorsement. That's just like, his NBA contract. Yeah, like Jesus. he's made a like, a, and it's crazy. You know, I'm actually happy we brought that up. Like one thing I want to ask you: if we look at the landscape, because I got this from the Last Dance when I was watching uh, the Jordan documentary. It's crazy the money people were making like in the 90s compared to now. Like Scottie Pippen signed damn near a stimulus check. Like he signed that <laughs> literally like I think it was a seven-year extension with the Bulls after they won the title in 91 for like 17 million. And like it, it was obviously dumb of him and his agent to even agree to that. But it's like the biggest contract in the 90s was like Jordan in 98 when he signed 33 mil. Now we see guys get 40 to 50. So it's like it's crazy. Scrubs getting $20 million. I mean, and listen, yeah. I'm not going to say Scrubs because they'll bust me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's people like Duncan Robinson yep. making twenty million dollars a year, and that's Crazy. no that's no offense to Duncan Robinson. He does what he does well. He shoot he shoots the ball very well. I don't know if he's worth twenty million. Twenty million dollars? No, crazy. That's crazy. And even like that's great. What? Even Jordan Poole's new contract. Like, and I, I personally I like Jordan Poole because I like his potential. Even though he played bad in the playoffs. He got, after the Draymond punch, I think he got like 140 like a week later. It's just like, you guys are just giving out all this money. You know what I mean? How did you feel about the Draymond thing? That's a great question. I'll be honest. I'm a Warrior fan, but Draymond messed up the chemistry. Uh, and that's just being, me being like unbiased. Like Draymond, when Draymond punched Pool and the video got released and the world seen it, the chemistry wasn't there the entire season. Like, you got to think, they went seven with the Kings. And no disrespect to the Kings, they were talented, but took Steph to score they 50. They so, too. So, like, I just feel like the chemistry wasn't there. And I, I'll be honest, Draymond might have cost some, I hate to say as multiple championships. I don't, in 2018, you, kept, you tell Durant a B word to his face and say, we don't need you to win. You know he was going to leave. Then, obviously, Sally Torres, Achilles, they, they lose to the Raptors. This year is open to uh, repeat. Like, I believe they're the only team that could have beat the Nuggets. I, I truly believe the Warriors could have beat them. In a, no, if they if the chemistry was there this year, they could have beat them. I truly believe that's They too small, man. I ain't going to listen. I'm going to tell you something. The Warriors may have to look at themselves in the face. I say it's over? No, no, no. Uh, maybe. But no, that's not what I was going to say. They got James Wiseman, right? No, James, he's yeah. here in Detroit. Yeah, I know. I, what I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to explain what I'm about to oh, say. My bad. So they got him. He was hurt his he was hurt his rookie year. Came back his second year. Was hurt most of the year, right? And then they trade him year three, halfway into the year, right? He never got a run. He never got a chance to run. That's true. And they gave up on him so quick. And I'm gonna tell you, that's why the Warriors. I'm not gonna say they're never gonna win the championships again because that's obviously you never know that. But that's something they're gonna struggle on, and especially if the if if teams with the with their centers. Big centers are healthy into the playoffs. They're going to struggle because they don't have a big enough body to guard certain centers. 
And Kevon Looney does the best job that he can do. That man hustles. He yeah. hustles. And he gonna and he gonna play good defense, but I ain't gonna lie to you. He's just too small. He is. For certain for certain players, like listen, even with even with Anthony Davis, that first game, bro, he had like 30 and 25 or something like that. Yeah, Almost 40 easy. points or something like that. He was crazy. And I just think they're too light in the front court. And even with Draymond, Draymond plays great defense, but you only 6'6". Yeah. At the end of the day, you only 6'6". People like Yoke is seven foot. People like other it's other bigs in the West. Like I just don't think they got the size. I do think I agree with that. I think this might be surprising to you. I think they need to make a move to get JaVel McGee back. Now he's not yes. a big a big name I, as, yes. as far as like one of the best singers, but he's a body that can grab yes. rebound. You know, because when I look at I think about the twenty eighteen finals where they beat the uh in twenty seventeen when they beat the Cavs both those years. Javel was like, you know, what I'm saying like you had Javel, so and they had Festus Azili. I still Zaza Pachulia. Zaza Pachulia. They had bigs. They had real bigs. They don't got no bigs, bro. They, they and you are right because like now everybody like people realize they've won their four championships off shooting threes. You know, yeah. may, you know, and that's amazing because Steph and Clay to me are still the greatest backcourt of all time as far as like you know shooters. But it, you know, it's also the same because you you got you made a good point. You said look yourself in the mirror. Clay was four of nineteen in Game Six against the Lakers. Like Clay, I love Clay, but I don't know if he's like really that same guy. And it's so crazy because Clay led the NBA this year in threes made. And he just had a bad postseason. So I still believe as long as you have a healthy Steph Curry, who's still one of the top five players in the world, as oh, he showed, sure. you can still win a championship. I do think what they need to do is keep Steph, Clay, and Dre. Keep that trio. But I do think you need to get a big. And honestly, I would say make a move for Pascal Siakam. I think he would fit perfect with the Warriors as a four. The only reason I don't think he mixes is because if you do that, you get another small ball five. That's all you did. True. So that hurts you there. And then also with him, he's a guy that needs to get his. That team does not work. And I think that's another thing that really hurt hurt them, really, really hurt them, is the fact that their big men don't look at the basket. Yeah. They get the ball, they looking for a screen, 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 pass, screen, bucket. That's what they're looking for. That's the only thing they're looking for. And I think that hurts them so much in the half court because then you're able to slide off of Draymond Green and slide off of Kevon Looney because you know they're not going to shoot any shots. Right. And now you're able to... Let Steph, okay, he going to go off this screen, off this screen. Now you can bump him. Facts. So now he got to go back around and back around and back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And in the half court, if you got a person on him that's a defender, like how Vando was. Vando played really good defense on him when he was he in did. the game. Him and Dennis Schroeder. They both played really good defense on him when they were in the game. But you can only do so much. You know what I'm saying? And he's going to get his. But... It's something about having two players on the floor, not exactly that can't even just shoot, but won't shoot. I think that's the thing. It's that it's not the fact that they can't shoot. They won't shoot. And honestly, when you say that, it's so funny. Draymond's somebody who hit a lot of people forget eight threes in oh, game yeah. seven of oh, 2016 yeah. finals. In like the last few years, I saw a stat. It was, I think it was against the Kings series. He had a 20-point game. That was his first 20-point a playoff game in over five years. So the point I'm making is he was like scared to shoot at times. They would just leave him open yeah. like triple Steph. And if you see, I don't know if people have seen the memes. It's so funny. When you watch highlights of the Warriors games, Steph is literally getting checked as soon as he crossed half court. Like you literally got checked this man from the parking lot. Yeah. So it's like, and obviously they don't want to leave Clay open. So Draymond, they're going to need somebody else to like to be kind of like Jordan Poole, like be that like extra sniper because like well, all the attention they're getting, one person I was a little bit disappointed as far as like the Warriors. I thought Dante DiVincenzo was going to give a little bit more. I felt like he played good defense, but he could have been more of a bucket. I felt like because when the Bucks won in twenty one, he played a, a vital role like in that series. Yeah, he played really good defense. Though, I will say that he did very very good defense. I just that Warriors team is so weird how they go get their baskets and how how they do everything because the big men aren't looking at the basket like I. Like, how do you win that way? That's crazy. It is. And, you know, it's so crazy. Like, when we look back at their success and, you know, when Clay like, tore his ACL, then tore his Achilles, everybody's like, the dynasty's over. Then the year Clay, Clay comes back, they win a ring. Then this year, it's like, we're kind of questioning it. 
I do think there still is a chance, but there's a question I actually got to ask you because me and my friends have been talking about this for a minute as far as the Warriors and Spurs. So a lot of people, in my opinion, I got Duncan, Parker, Ginobili as the greatest trio in NBA history. Are they a better trio than Clay, Steph, and Draymond? To me, those are like the two top two trios ever. The reason why I go with the Spurs is because every year together, 50 wins. They won four rings together. Me should have been five. Ray Allen, you know, he did what he did in 2013. But I got an actual question. Are the Spurs the greatest trio that, or is it the Warriors? I don't think it's just them two either. Okay. I feel like you also got to look at the Celtics and what they had in the 80s. With Kevin McHale, um, Parrish, and Bird, I feel like that's a trio you got to look at. Um, with the Lakers, when they had Showtime, they had uh, Kareem, Magic, oh, yeah. and uh, James Worthy. Um, so I feel like it's it's a couple more teams you should look at before you just say those that's two. Good. But um, do I think in current day, uh, between those two, I'm going to go with the Warriors. Okay. Maybe it's a little biasness there. No, I respect that. Uh, I respect that. But I don't know. I think it's just how much they changed the NBA more of than anything. Like, it was not this many threes being shot in the NBA. Oh, yes. Prior to, prior to... Not the year they won a championship, but the year before when they lost to the Clippers. Oh, yeah, in you know, 2014? Uh, yeah. That was, what, the second round, I believe, they lost yep. to them? Yeah. When they lost against the Clippers, that is when the three-point range started to yeah. like shoot up. So I feel like that's why I'm going to say them, just because everything they did in that specific time just like changed the entire NBA. Now you got small ball fives all over the NBA. That's a They're, fact. Like, think about what the what Houston was doing when PJ Tucker was the starting five. Oh yeah, like, that's crazy, and that's because of the Warriors. Because you can have lineups with Draymond Green at center and this person at power forward, and the rest of your players be guards. You could do that with Draymond Green, and that's why I'm gonna say them just because of how much they changed the NBA with all three of those players. That's a great analysis. The reason why I'm gonna say the Spurs. Not to be the contrarian, but the reason why I believe the Spurs, they were going against prime LeBron. They beat him twice in the finals, 07-2013. They beat, they, beat, they beat a prime Kobe and Shaq in 03, coming off a three-peat, and they beat you know Dunk, uh, Dirk in the playoffs too. So like the reason why I go with the Spurs, they had to go through prime, you know some of the greatest guys, Kobe, Bron, Dirk, the Suns, we can't forget about Steve Nash and them. Like, they were beating these guys. So like... And the Spurs also did beat the Warriors once in the playoffs. That was 2013, but that was also Draymond's rookie season. Steph was just starting to get his start, and McClay was still young. But the reason why I can also see the Warriors, too, a lot of people don't know this. Up until this series with the Lakers, that was the first ever series that they've lost in the seven-game playoff series where Steph, Draymond, and Clay started every game. A lot of people think, like, what do you mean 2016 they choked? Draymond was suspended game five. Like, every series up until this year, Every series up until this year, they've never lost a series where Steph, Draymond, Clay started every game in the playoffs, and they're like nineteen and one or something. And to me, oh, that's crazy. I it's crazy. And also, before they lost the Lakers, that was Steve Kerr's first loss in the conference playoffs because he only had lost in the finals. You know, the Raptors and Cavs. So mm. the reason why I can see the Warriors like that run is crazy. Five years straight to the finals, yeah, then you know, crazy. two years you're injured, then the year where you're finally back healthy, you win it again. So I can see it both ways. Yeah. And I think that's how we're going to exit out of here. So I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, tell the people where they can find you and uh, everything else. Man, thanks. First of all, thank you, KD, for having me. I, I admire everything you're doing. It's been like a great friendship term, brotherhood, like I said. And the people, you can follow me on Instagram at Travis Hicks underscore reporter and uh, Travis underscore reporter on Twitter. So um, check me out and check my boy out as well. He's doing great things. And as you know, I'm KD, the Popular Loser podcast host. Go follow me everywhere at Popular Loser Podcast, spelled at S with a dollar sign because it is for fun. No, wait, my bad. I messed that up. <laughs> because it's not for fun, it's for funds. Loser out.